Welcome to the Embrace Podcast. I'm Andrea, and by tuning in, you'll hear both encouraging and entertaining stories of faith from my circle of friends, Christian authors, and experts in the fitness industry. For listening today, I'd like to offer one month free to my daily workout program with code EmbracePodcast at EmbraceMovement.com. That's EmbraceMVMNT.com. Today we have Nikki Leonard. She's a health and wellness professional. She is the owner of the Empowered Mama Workout Program and is also a Fit Moms podcast host and the mom to three-year-old Bodhi. Welcome, Nikki. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. So the first thing I want to ask you is, you know, tell us about your fitness program that's healthy and safe for pregnant and postpartum moms. Awesome. Yeah. So I started um, the Empowered Mama when I was six or seven months postpartum. And I did this because I was in fitness all of my life. I never knew what it was like to kind of um, start from square one. I've had injuries and stuff like that, which I would, I would kind of compare it to that. Um, starting from square one, but this was so different and foreign to me that I knew that as a fitness professional, as a professional within the health and wellness space, I wanted to be able to share my journey, but also give some informative content to others that were trying to get their body back after having a baby. So about six or seven months postpartum, I just started, um, documenting everything pretty much. And I wanted to make a program that was safe for women because as you know, when you have a baby, after you have that baby, your core is non-existent. And it's like the craziest feeling in the world. (laughs) (laughs) And the core is like the core of everything, right? It It holds everything together. And, um, without that, it's really difficult to do just normal daily activities. So even doing like a plank to demo it. Oh, sorry. Yeah. See you later. I was like, I can't even do a wall sit. I like was doing a wall sit. I was like five seconds and I was like dredged. I'm like, how it's my core. It's the fact that like, I'm having to use it right now. And it used to just be extended and like all the pressure used to be on my back. And now I'm having to engage again. It was so different once I got back to trying. Oh yeah. It was, (laughs) it's, crazy because you don't realize how much you utilize that, you know, on that everyday basis. And then once you don't have the capability to use it, like you did before, it's just really eye opening. You realize all the things that you can't do. (laughs) Yeah. So, so yeah, I started the program and, um, I just kind of eased my way back into fitness. I didn't want anyone to jump back into it, you know, because the whole stigma of like bouncing back, you know, getting, getting your body back as quick as possible after having a kid is seems to be like the biggest craze out there. And it's just so unsafe. And a lot of people end up getting injured. A lot of people have pelvic floor issues. Um, a lot of people create, um, an even worse diastasis, um, to, you know, than what they have there already. So, I mean, after you, have grown a baby, your abs separate and you want to be able to heal that back together normally, you know? So, um, you got to think about as long as your stomach grew, that's pretty much the time frame for your abs to come back together and be able to kind of function normally again. 
Okay. All right. So nine months, I was also going to ask you about that because, you know, I'm new in this postpartum journey and yeah, it, it's totally backwards in the way that you're feeling like, I don't even feel like myself again. And then some days you'll be like, I could do this and then you'll try it and you'll get super humbled. So, you know, definitely want to, you know, keep safety as number one. So right. about nine months takes a baby to grow and nine months until you kind of get your body to like safely be able to perform ab movements again. Is yeah, that about it? That's where I felt okay. most, most comfortable and confident in using my abs again. Like I would say, um, you know, I've heard before like six months into it, you can start doing like sit-ups and stuff like that. But, um, when I tried at six months, I was like, Whoa, I'm still not ready for this. So it, it kind of just depends on like your personal growth throughout it all, how often you're doing other, um, core strengthening movements that aren't like ab focus in that way, more so, um, focusing on your breathing and other movements that don't require any crunching or twisting. So my favorite movements um, that I would do postpartum to help strengthen was uh, the bird dog. I did heel marches. I did um, single leg hip abductors, um, heel slides. So you would lay on your back and you would just slide your heel out straight and then um, bring it back in and then the dead bug. And I would do like three sets of 10 for, for those. And that would be something that I would do, um, once or twice a day. And especially right wow. before I work out. Yeah. Wow. Oh my gosh. How did you find time to do that with a new baby? <laughs> when he was napping <laughs> everything, or like, you know, if they're just rolling around on the ground, playing with their stuff, you can just lay down and start doing movements. You know, um, I always felt like I had to be doing something too. I don't know. I've always been that way my entire life. Like I've been super active and like, I get bored easily. So <laughs> if he's there like rolling around on the ground, I would just start doing those movements just to be, just to pass the time. And, you know, it's like, oh, you can always find time if you're at, like actively thinking about it. But that's true. And you can always pick up the baby and do a couple squats or Absolutely. do some lunges. Yeah. We had um, a, a doctor that come on that was actually talking about, you know, she's a CrossFitter and she was just adding 10 lunges um, after every diaper change. And she was like, you don't think about it, but if you have like six or seven diaper changes, then that's like 70 lunges a day. And she was like, so I would change up the movements. And sometimes I would only do like, you know, I would do like, let's say 20 jumping jacks before I pick them back up off the diaper table. And then I would, you know, that would be enough cardio for me as I added up over the day to feel at least like I moved if I didn't have a chance to actually work out. She was like, you know, caretaking and, and linking those things together was like more, you know, doable for her. And she's like, I didn't actually have a real workout for a very long time. I'm like, yeah, but you were doing it all day. Like that's, that's a tip I think that can be used, but not people, people don't think like that, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. And that's something I always preach too, is consistency is key. And no, so like, no matter what you're doing or how slow you're going, like if you're consistent in those movements, um, every day, then, you know, you're going to see that progress. You're going to start feeling stronger. Um, so those were some of the movements that I would, you know, give to my ladies and with the program, what I like about the program is that for the different stages of pregnancy and postpartum, I would have modifications for that as well. So I would have the workout and then underneath I would have like weight suggestions or movement suggestions, like alternate movement suggestions for those that like can't do any sort of jumping right away or um, 
can't do, you know, a, a heavy amount of weight or even just changing up the rep scheme too, because, um, you know, right after you have a baby, it, it's hard to do maybe like 50 squats in a workout, you know, <laughs> you're going to be feeling it the next day. Mm-hmm. And that's all kind of, um, comes back from like my experience with it and just like testing out stuff and just, um, being like, wow, okay, that's a heavy load for someone who just had a baby. So, um, I remember I did, I think it was like maybe 12 weeks postpartum. I was like, let me just see if I could do a box jump. Oh my God. (laughs) Wow. Don't ever do that. Ladies don't ever try that because I, as soon as I jumped in the air, I literally felt like zero core stability and like landing. And I was just like, wow, I could really, I can see how people can injure themselves doing this, you know, especially if they don't have a strong enough core, like when they, when they try it initially, even if they're not postpartum. Mm -hmm. Even if they're just a regular person, that's it's like, true, yeah. I'm going to jump up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think it's wild because I've been, you know, jumping like you, like as an athlete for, I mean, it sounds weird. Like in my spare time, I jump, but that's one of the things that like, I've always just known how to do. But I remember one time I was training my mom and my mom, she wouldn't mind me telling this story. I was like, okay, mom, you're going to jump up onto this stair. And it was literally just one stair, like a single. And I was like, you're going to do it 10 times, you know? And I was trying to like explain to her, I showed her. And then she was like, still so scared to try it. And so she kind of she like stepped up onto it. I'm like, no, mom, jump with both of your feet. And she's like, goes and takes one foot and then kind of like hops up to it. And she's like, Andrea, that's really scary to me. I don't think I've ever jumped up onto a, a stair before. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I was like, what do you mean you've never jumped, you know, eight inches or whatever. But then I started realizing, I'm like, actually, this is like a huge feat of strength to be able to gather, you know, momentum and to be able to do that with your body if you're not used to it. And so it definitely helped me as a new trainer to kind of dial back and go, what does somebody need when they're first starting? Yeah. You know? And it's, it, it does have a lot to do with, you know, the postpartum mindset. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it, what's really cool too, is after I had Bodhi, then I realized kind of what other people go through when they're first starting out their fitness journey, you know, cause I, I feel like at, at one point I was kind of numb to the fact that other people might have like difficulty with something that's super easy for me. And I'd be like in my head, like, why can't they do this? You know, <laughs> but um, now I get it. <laughs> you know, when you have to start from square one, you're like, wow, that's where like the empathy comes in. And you're like, you think about all these things like, okay, you know, this is, this needs to be easier and progressive, you know, so. Mm -hmm. Progressive. That's really important. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what does that mean to you being progressive, like starting at, you know, square one and then, and then kind of layering is that, is that how you would describe it to somebody? So with the program too, what's great is that I, with those modifications in there, it allows them uh, within certain timeframes to kind of give themselves a goal of like, okay, I'm doing step ups right now, but maybe I can do box jumps in like six months or something like that, you know? So, um, progressively going through that with the program and I mostly focus on like compound movements, but it's more like circuit training style. So they still get that heart rate up and they burn that fat. Um, we do a lot of EMOMs, we do AMRAPs. Um, I do add in a lot of bodybuilding style stuff and I do have a barbell program that's for more advanced. So you go through the empowered mama program, and then you have that option for the barbell. If you start to find that you need a little bit more of a challenge. So that's, um, what that's there for. And then I also have an, in a GIF 
program in there that's only 10 minute workouts only. So if you're in a jam for time, which moms usually are, <laughs> or yeah. if you're just starting out your fitness journey, anyone can do this really. It's not just for moms, but if you're just starting out your fitness journey and you just want to build that consistency uh, with a routine, just doing 10 minutes a day and being consistent with that and then adding on to that is huge. And it's been a, a lifesaver for people. <laughs> Sorry, can you hear that? Yeah, was that your dog or your baby? I don't know. Yeah, the neighbors <laughs> were running and screaming next to the house. So, um, so yeah, no. So uh, the Inajif program, it's only ten minutes long. It's been great for women that are just starting out, or if you know they're in a pinch for time and they can't get in the full workout, they have that option to do the ten minute workout and actually, you know, not feel guilty about not moving or doing something that day. Yes. That's so good. So would you rather have somebody work out five times a week for 10 minutes, or would you rather have them work out for two hours, um, two times a week? I would rather them do the five, the five days for 10 minutes because it's yeah. building, it's building consistency. And a lot of people don't have two hours in a day to do that, especially moms. And that's why with the, uh, the workout program, all the workouts are 30 minutes or less. So the women have that specific time frame that they can get in they know that they can get in and it makes it easy and it's it it also I think is like peace of mind too you know because they're not thinking like oh my god I don't know if I can fit this in you know but it's only 30 mm -hmm. minutes or less and they're getting a great workout they're feeling good and it's you know helping improve their mood and taking away that stress of being a new mom or you know being a even if their kids are older. I have, a, I have women in the program that their kids are a lot older too. So, um, and they just love it. You know, it's, it's a great time frame, I think. Mm -hmm. So for your moms that are like in the community, um, what, you know, what would you say, or what do you tell, you know, your clients when they are just too tired? Like they're like, okay, I have the time. The time is not the issue, but I'm just exhausted mentally, but I know I need to move to be healthy. Like, what would you, what would your advice be for them? Yeah. So, typically I'd say, you know what, just take it day by day, see how you're feeling each and every day. And if you're not feeling like you're up to doing the 30 minute workout, definitely try to do the Inagif, at least the 10 minute workout. Cause I guarantee you're going to feel so much better after you do it. You know, it's um, most of the time it's, it's getting yourself to do it mentally. You know, once you start moving and that blood starts going, you're going to start feeling more energy and you're going to feel really good. So I just let them know that. And I always reiterate that. And, um, they usually do that. They'll do that. And they'll, they'll come back and say, Nikki, you were so right. I feel so much better. I'm so glad that I did that. So that's really reassuring to know. So I want, you know, the girls to kind of hear you talk about macronutrients and micronutrients and the importance of those two. Can you help us understand them? Yeah, for sure. So I always preach this to my clients that nutrition is number one when it comes to everything, you know, people, whatever results that you want, it's nutrition is where it's at. So whether you want to gain muscle, whether you want to lose weight, whether you just want to maintain it's really important to find the right balance between the food that you're eating and what it is that you're doing for exercise. So macronutrients are going to be your carbs, your proteins, and your fats. So basically just the whole foods that you're going to be eating daily. And then your micronutrients are 
the vitamins and minerals that your body needs. So um, you can get a lot of that from fruits and veggies. Um, you can also supplement with a daily vitamin, multivitamin, um, but those are super, super important, especially for hormonal function and um, energy. So <laughs> you definitely want to get those in. Um, macronutrients, your carbs, your fats, your proteins. So everyone's a little bit different, but I always like to go with like a, um, a ratio of 40% carbs, 30% protein, 30% fat. And I feel like that balances it out pretty well. Um, you always want to make sure that you have more carbs than you do proteins and fats, because that's where most of your energy is going to come from. Most of, um, you know, where that's basically your building blocks, right? So <clears throat> we want to make sure that we have those in there and that we're eating whole foods. So we don't want to focus on any fast foods, um, any processed foods. You always want to kind of go organic if you can. Um, and then when it comes to your vitamins and minerals, I always say fruits and veggies are the best because that's where most of them come from. And a lot of people lack fruits and veggies, I would say in their diet. So that's a lot of where I get my carbs from as well. And they fill you up and they keep you full. So you're not craving anything like sweet or salty or anything like that. Um, so yeah, I think those are really important. I also use a multivitamin um, daily and um, you can also supplement with protein shakes. So that's a, I, that's a go-to for me when I'm like craving something. And I always tell mm. that to my clients too. So, yeah, we actually, as a community, just did the whole 30 and it was really fun. We had like 25 girls that, you know, signed up, they were committed. They did the 30 days and just eating whole foods. You think I mostly eat whole 30. And then you start realizing when you're actually in it, you're like, no, I don't because not right now I'd be eating X, Y, Z right now. I'd be eating X, Y, Z, but I can't. So here I am back at it eating dates and, you know, <laughs> like cashews right now instead, you know, because you're like, oh, I'm really craving something sweet. Uh, I guess I'll have an apple. And yeah. <laughs> You know, it was definitely different, but a lot of girls, you know, and myself and Pete and I, Pete and I, we both had to say no to things. And we started realizing how addicted we were to sugar oh, and wow. it sugars in everything. I mean, even we had to even switch out our ketchup. We were like, okay, you know what? We don't even use ketchup that much, but it's in our fridge. It's got too much sugar. So we've got to go for a whole 30 healthy option. Is there anything like that in your diet that you're like, okay, you know, I use this brand or I use this type of, you know, um, something that has less sugar is just better for you, but people don't really know about. Yeah, I definitely would say the ketchup is, is a huge thing. And sometimes I even swap that out for mustard because mustard is like nothing. Know, it's nothing. You don't have any calories in it. It's, you know, and not that that's like a bad thing having calories, but um, lots of people, you know, have that whole stigma around, oh, it needs to be like zero fat and whatever, which is, you know, it's whatever, but it's a condiment. So, um, I don't really, I'm lucky. I don't really have that big of a sweet tooth. Um, so I've never like craved, um, any sweets other than like maybe chocolate, you know, but when mm -hmm. it comes to chocolate, it, you want to stick with dark chocolate, right? Cause it's the best for you. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, when it comes to, um, maybe like switching up your sugar, what you're using in your coffee. Um, I don't 
use <laughs> sugar in my coffee anymore. Um, it was just like a change that I made. Um, I use this like coconut powder that has like vitamins and minerals in it. Um, I'll have to get you the brand name because I, I don't know what it is. My mom gets it from the store, but it's really good. And then um, I am like a huge fats girl. Like I just love fats so much. <laughs> so I'll use um, heavy cream in my coffee and um, which is supposedly supposed to be the best for you, heavy cream. Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. I'll try mom it. Mom is, is really big into um, nutrition herself. So I learn a lot from my mom as well, which is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's pretty rare. Usually yeah. it's the opposite. It's like, Hey mom, you're not supposed to be eating that, but it's like, your mom's like, Hey, Nikki, have you heard this new article? Like, and you're like, what? <laughs> oh, a deep diver. She goes into it. She's like, she's like, Oh yeah, Dr. Wallach. Um, he's, he's a guy from, um, the supplement company, Longevity. Uh, look it up. It's pretty good stuff, but, um, he has his own like, uh, podcast or something like that. And she's always like, yeah, Dr. Wallach is saying this and this, and he, apparently heavy cream is, is the best for you. So I'm like, okay, yeah, you've done your research. <laughs> well, I'll, uh, buy into it and I love it. It's so good. That's awesome. Yeah. It sounds like it's kind of like a latte feel, which is cool. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Um, Got like is your vibe? <laughs> yeah. Is your necklace um one of those ones that you have on your website? Yeah. So the um, moon one is so I collaborated with May Cargo, um, and the moon necklace was one that I made actually when I just had Bodhi. So it was kind of um, symbolic to kind of bringing him in, and it, it was like a one of those things where my life is changing and. Um, I had found this really awesome poem from this girl, Becca, on Instagram, and it was a poem about moons and, and their phases and how, you know, the moon changes, so why shouldn't we, and stuff like that. So it was, it was really just a, a pivotal moment in my life, and I, I always wear it. And it was white when it started out, and then she made the black one just recently. That's so cool. And, and, you know, you're talking about your son, Bodhi, who's three years old. Can you tell us more about him? What's your favorite thing about him? And what's your favorite thing about being a mom? Yeah. So I, which I can't believe he's, he's going to be three at the end of June. So I am okay. like, I'm just beside myself. I don't even know where the time went. Honestly, it's, it goes by that fast. Like each year I feel like keeps getting faster and faster. Um, and I just love this age right now. You're going to love it. It's, seriously the best because they start talking so much and they're just the things that come out of their mouth are hilarious and I would also say watch what you say around two and a half to three years old <laughs> they pick it up so, so easily and they just they'll mimic what you say so like I definitely try my best not to curse I don't like you know I don't want him to learn that type of language just yet he doesn't need to he doesn't need to be exposed to that just yet um so like I'll I'll change stuff up and I'll say like oh sugar instead of like o-s-h-i-t or like I'll say or I'll be like oh what? sugar so he and he thinks it's so funny and he'll be like oh sugar like <laughs> he'll say it too but he doesn't like know why I'm saying it you know but it's funny um he says like I, I'll say what in the world a lot instead of like what the H E double hockey sticks or something like that, you know? So 
um, now he'll like put that together in a sentence. He'll be like, what in the world is that mommy? And I'm just like, what is going on? It's so funny that you picked that up. It's hilarious. Um, apparently I say enough a lot because <laughs> if something is like, I want something to stop or like whatever I'll say, I'll be like, no enough. Like that's enough or something like that. So now his favorite thing to do is tell me mommy enough with whatever I'm doing. If I start singing, <laughs> or, like I'll be like singing the next <laughs> enough <laughs> you're like oh I guess I'll yeah. stop singing that song I know <laughs> like, I'll be on Instagram um posting like a video of something you know like I'll be like talking on my story and all of a sudden in the background you hear mommy enough <laughs> <laughs> you're like did you just shut me up like literally <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> wow so like what kind of stuff does he say that's like like I'm mean, mimicking you but you're like okay does he ask questions? You said he talks a lot. Yeah. So, um, he, it's, it's so funny because are definitely sponges. Um, he is very observant about everything. So especially like if we're in the car, he'll be like, mommy, look at those trees or mommy, look at those barrels. Like he's really into, he's such a boy. He's into cars. He's into like everything to do, to do with the road, the signals. Uh, like he just points everything out and it's really cool to see, you know, him observing things in that way. Or um, if I take him to like a park and we're walking through like a pathway or whatever, he'll be like, mommy, that's beautiful. And he'll just start like say, oh. saying things in the right context. And I'm just like, wow, you're so smart. And it's, it's insane how much wow. like, developed over the last year from like two to three years old, the, the development with his language is so crazy to me. Um, yeah. And, you know, I have a next question for you and I'm, I'm pumped to ask you this because this has to do with, you know, little Bodie becoming like a teenager or like, you know, a grown man. Do you feel the responsibility or pressure of raising a son in this world today? What character traits would you like Bodie to have when he gets older? Yeah, I definitely, definitely feel the pressure, man. <laughs> um, it's, it's crazy. You know, I'm a single mom and I just want him to, um, I want him to know responsibility. You know, I want him to know how to respect people, how to be loving and kind. And um, I definitely want him to be hardworking, um, compassionate. And he's already got the independent part down, so I don't have to worry about that. <laughs> mm -hmm. But definitely want him to have those qualities. And what's funny is that, um, ever since he turned two, it might, maybe even like a little bit before then I started doing affirmations with him in the mirror, um, during bedtime. Well, so we'll go in, I'll brush his teeth. And then after I'm done brushing his teeth, I'll pick him up. And then we look in the mirror and I have him repeat things after me. And I'll, I'll say to him, um, uh, I'll say, okay, repeat after me. And I'll say, I'm strong. So now he says, I'm strong. And he points at himself in the mirror and I'll say, I'm brave. And he'll say, I'm brave. I'm kind. I'm smart. I'm amazing. And then uh, I oh. at the end, I'll say, I'm a child of God. And so he gets so excited. He says, I'm a child of God. And then I say, and then it's his name after that. We've been doing this for so long. I'll say, I, and then you say, I am, and he'll go, Bodie Logan Leonard. <laughs> he'll just yell it in the mirror. It's so cute. But I, I started doing that with him when he was like maybe a little less than two years old. 
Oh, yes, so that wow. I could see that, you know, and I want him to be able yeah. to see it in himself because he, it, he does have all those qualities. I mean, we all do, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. I remember that little girl doing that in the mirror. Is that where you got it? A no, little girl like, that was like, I like my hair. And then she oh, says, yeah, I no, like I my Allison's. I don't know. I guess she knows. Yeah, no, I, I don't know. But she... I, I do remember like um, <laughs> hearing about doing that with, with your kids just so that they, can grow up and be confident in themselves and know that they are those things. So that's mm -hmm. something that I definitely started doing. And now it's funny because he, he like memorized it. So I'll be like, all right, let's do our affirmations. So I'll pick him up and, and I'll wait before I say anything to see if he starts saying it and he'll, he'll be like, I'm strong. Oh, cute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or sometimes he'll like repeat the same ones over and over again and then I'll like get them on track. <laughs> but um, he's like, no, I want to keep talking about how strong I am. No, I'm really strong. I'm really strong. Yeah. And it's, it's like one of my favorite parts of it, our, our nighttime routine. And then I'll go in, open him into his room, and then um, he gets like two books. He has to have like two books. And then I, I just recently bought him a um, a Bible, like a children's Bible that has like pictures and stuff. So uh, we started reading that, and um, and I just started teaching him the Our Father. So we he repeats the Our Father after me. Um, after wow. we books and stuff and he even it's this is hilarious okay he's he's so smart that he's memorized some of the wording already so the other day I was like <laughs> kind of reprimanding him for something he was he was on his changing table and sometimes he like kicks me with his feet and I'll be like don't kick me Bodhi you know and I'll just be like please don't do that or whatever and then I'll be like oh like I'll get like <laughs> kind of like you know, upset or just frustrated. frustrated. And then um, he started reciting some part of the Our Father and I started cracking up because I was like, what? I'm like, this is hilarious. He was like, lead us not. <laughs> lead us not. He's like, I know how to make her laugh. I know how. <laughs> Say a prayer when I'm being bad. I was like, oh my God, this is so funny. But yeah, they're, they're so smart. And if you do start it early on, they'll, they'll catch on. And I think it's like really great for their development as well. That's so cool. I'm going to send you a video of just um, James on the changing table when we were saying our prayers, which really just means he's just talking and babbling, but it's really cute. It's like a whole minute long, but you have to be a mother to love it, but <laughs> not really for my Instagram content, but it's my favorite video so far that I've ever taken of him. <laughs> and he's just like, blah, 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 you know, because they like first start getting that little voice and you're like, what is this little voice like chatter you're doing? You know, <laughs> even when they're so young, it's that you're like so much more just susceptible to crying at every single little thing. <laughs> Cause yeah. I in like three years into this, I'm still that way. I'll be like, <gasps> like over some like stupid commercial or something like <laughs> on TV. Oh, if that's the truth. And I definitely have something for you. I have this like chart. Oh, you're going to hate it. Literally. <laughs> uh, I'm like ruining your day because of this. And it's basically a chart that someone sent Peter. Got it. Days you have left with your kids. Oh, don't even get me started. So it says, if you have, uh, I'm going to start at yours. Okay. If your kid is three years old, you only have 5,462 days left with them. Oh my God. Until they, until they're 18 and they move out and the chart goes down and down and down. So I have 6,192, but if your kid is 13 years old, like you literally only have 1,800 days with them. 
That's crazy. It, if they're 17 years old, you only have 352 or whatever. I don't know how they got I that. mean, that puts so much into perspective and you're like, wow. Like, yeah, I don't know why like you have 352 days when they're 17 years old and why you're not 365. I don't know if this is a muted calendar. I've found an error, but I, <laughs> I was like, when I saw that, I immediately took it to Peter and I was like, you know what, Peter, you know, when you're, when you're, when the baby's crying and you're trying to work on your laptop and you're just holding him when he's crying, I want you to remember <laughs> he does that sometimes. I'm like, do you think that's going to make him stop crying or like something, you know, he'll be like flipping through his phone. Like, and I'm like, you only have 6,000 days left, you know? And he's like, Oh my gosh, why are you bringing yeah, that thing up like again? The, the, <laughs> one of the other things is like, you'll never get this day back with your kid. So mm-hmm. if you think about it that way, you're like, Oh my God. Okay. Let me get, pull it together here. This is the last time that he'll be this way. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I used to think about that with my dog and I used to cry then too. So I softened my heart way early. I remember one time he went and he ran in a huge mud puddle at the park and Peter was like, Oh my gosh, this sucks. Like, you know, now we have to bathe him and all this stuff. And I was like, no, I was like, let him go. He's only going to be a puppy once and then yeah. he's going to die. Like literally it's the only time he's two years old. He's not ever going to get to be a puppy again. Like he's going to yeah. get to be a dog and he's not going to do this anymore. And then he's, he's not going to be alive anymore. So like, this is the, maybe the last time he's ever going to run and just play in the mud for like, you know, and he played for like 30 minutes, he had a blast. And then on our way home, we were like, I wonder if that is going to be the last time he's going to play like that. Because it's not like we do that all the time, yeah. you know? And I'm like, and, and you know, he jacked up like the backseat of our car while on our way home. And we're like, you know what? It's just really sweet that he got to do that. Yeah. The same could be said about like your kids when they get in those phases where like they want to go puddle jumping or stuff like that. Like you have to just be ready to allow their clothes to be destroyed because um and that was kind of like tough for me too because I not that I'm OCD or anything like that but I just like cleanliness you know and um especially if I just bought like a new pair of pants for him or new shoes or something like that and then all of a sudden he you know he wants to be a boy and he wants to go run in the puddles and this and that I'm just like oh man I'm like okay all right just do it you're exploring you're doing your thing and I just gotta suck it up and be okay with it and and then you know you actually get enjoyment out of it too because you see their little faces and they're so excited Mm -hmm. about it and you're like oh my god this is awesome so always remember to bring like a spare change of clothes (laughs) that's like yes really great tip (laughs) that um sometimes I forget to do because you know you just never know what what they'll find and get themselves into so it's a lot of yeah it's learning experience it's always going to be a learning experience I'm going to point you towards um a book that's really good and it's called boy mom we had a um an author on our podcast um her name's Monica Swanson and she wrote it and it's a beautiful beautiful book and she wrote this really good blog post that kind of made her go viral that was what your teenage son needs most from his mom and then from there she expanded it into like the book version and it's it's really so good I can imagine like if you read it even though it's so early or if you bought it now and read it in like five years or something maybe when you're ready for it as your son gets older I think you'd really love it um so the last question I have for you is like um you know I know we had talked a little bit about your faith and you know I'd just like for you to share like you know it doesn't have to be like an official like testimony but like what is your faith like was there a growth spurt that happened at a specific time? Um, what has your journey been like recently with God? Yeah, so I grew up um, in a very strict household, Roman Catholic. Um, but 
I would say that my faith journey didn't really start until about three years ago, um, where I actually wanted to be, you know, in God's presence or learn more about it. Um, I went to cat, you know, I went to Catholic school and I just, um, never really connected with God in the way that I have most recently. And this happened probably like when I was in California, um, a couple years before I left to come here to North Carolina. And, um, especially when I had gotten pregnant unexpectedly. And that was just like a really big decision for me. Um, I definitely, I definitely did grapple with the fact of like, um, having an abortion or not, it was just such a huge thing. Cause I didn't even really know the person that, um, you know, I got pregnant with and I just knew that it was completely wrong. And, um, I just kept hearing a voice in my head saying, um, like, I'll get you through this. I'll get you through this. So I just knew like, whatever it was that I chose to do that God would, you know, get me through it. So I, and then obviously decided to keep Bodhi <laughs> and it was the best decision of my life as hard as, it, as it's been over the last three years. It's um, I've never not been uh, provided for or taken care of, or, you know, I've always found the means to keep going. And um, I think most recently within the past year is when I really started diving um, headfirst into it. And I started reading the Bible every single day which was something I never did before. So, yeah. So I, I was like, you know what? I just want to, I want to become closer to God and I want to be able to get through the hardest times of my life. And the only way that I know that I, I can do that is if I just, you know, start reading my Bible and, and become closer to him that way. So I did that and I, I feel such a transformation and I'm just so grateful. You know, I, um, I feel a lot closer to him and I know that whatever comes my way, I can handle it because he's with me and he'll always um, provide for me. He'll never fail me. So I just, I'm so grateful for that. And um, yeah, I just, I, I've done a lot of um, self seeking, I guess. I don't know if that makes any sense, but um, I've changed a lot of things that I've, I've done. Uh, I've done, I've been single for three years now. Um, I haven't been on any dates or anything like that, but mostly just because I want to make sure that I'm like the right person for Bodhi, you know, and just um, kind of stay focused in that area because I don't feel like it's my time right now to have a relationship with anybody else, you know? So um, that, and I know that like when it is my time, God will send that person my way. So I'm not worried about it at all. Like I don't have, um, any, any issues with that. So I feel pretty confident in that, in that area as well. You know, I just, which is really rare. Like, it's really awesome that God like gave you that confidence in it because we can tell ourselves that we're lonely and that loneliness is powerful, you know, and giving into that is normal. But like, you're like, you know, what? I think I'm actually, um, you know, comforted enough. I, I don't really need, you know, to date right now and that God's going to send someone in his timing, like for you to believe that is, is really a blessing from God. Yeah. And I think it's also just, um, this is a time for me to grow in my relationship with him, which is really mm. important because I know, and he knows that I want to 
eventually marry someone that has the same values as I do and, um, you know, puts God first and everything, um, which is what I, I do now, you know, and I'm not acting from a, a place of um, self, you know, my, my own wants and needs and stuff like that. I'm putting God first and putting Bodhi first. And, um, and then I put myself, I don't put myself last. I do take care of myself, you know, but I just have a different mindset about it all now. So. Wow. Amen. That's so cool. So, I mean, just about your faith, you know, there are so many places in the Bible that when you open it up and you go, which page should I start on? If you end up on the wrong page, you could be really freaking confused. Or you could end up like in the middle of a war and be like, what does this have to do with my regular life? This is like a war between like, you know, some kind of, you know, we've got Jewish people, we've got kings. This is like, everyone's dead. I mean, it's like, it's history. So Mm -hmm. like, how did you, did anybody guide you? Like, how did you know where to start? Yeah. So when I first started reading the Bible, I had no idea what I was doing. And I, tried to do it from like front to back. And that was just the wrong approach completely because there's a lot of history in there. And, and like we were talking about before, you're literally at one point just reading names and names and names. And you're like, okay, when am I going to get to the good part here? Come on. (laughs) You know? So, um, I started following this one church online called Elevation Church. And, Um, the pastor there has a really great way of breaking down certain verses in the Bible when it comes to whatever sermon, um, he's preaching. And I would get really interested in that part of the Bible. So I would go back to that one specific area and then I would read that specific chapter. Um, but every night before I go to bed, when, before I read my Bible, I always say like a quick little prayer saying like, okay, God, like, can you please show me something that you want me to see in during my reading tonight or, you know, something along those lines. Um, it usually is a little bit more in depth, but something along those lines. And then I'll read the Bible that way. And, um, sometimes something sticks out to me and sometimes it doesn't. So, but it's, it's a constant prayer and it's a constant practice that I have myself do every single night, because I know that sometimes, um, if he's not showing you something, it's for a reason, you know? So, (laughs) and if he is showing you something for a reason, it's, it's, you know, an answered prayer. So there you go. Yeah, exactly. Wow. So what made you start, you know, trusting in God? Like what made that process start for you? Aside from reading the Bible, I know it happened three years ago. Was it around the time when you decided to have a baby? (laughs) Yeah. So I really dove into my faith being a a single mom. I needed something to um, kind of ground me. And I knew that God you know, I knew that I believed in God and I knew that I wanted to strengthen my relationship with him because I knew that he was the only person thing, you know, spirit guide that was going to get me through it all. So, um, I never, I never really dove into the Bible. I never read the Bible. And I, everyone was always saying, excuse me, everyone was always saying like, if you really want to gain access to God, the fastest way is through his word. And that's through the Bible. So I, um, you know, it was like, I was like, okay, let me just try it. And I know it's, it's hard, going to be hard at first, but 
the, actually the more that I do it, the more excited that I am to, you know, read it. So mm-hmm. I just was like, let me just do this. I mean, what do I have to lose? You know? And I, and I know that, um, this is going to really help me. So I just dove headfirst into it, kind of figured it out along the way, but never gave up on it. Yeah, that's really cool. Well, I'm excited for your journey. You know, I mean, even you talking about being a new mom, finding your faith at the same time, you know, it seems a little ironic, but at the same time, you you can see God's timing and plan in that, right? Mm-hmm. Like that he has you exactly where he wants you in a, in a tough spot where you need to depend on God. And it's like maybe in our times of life where we're like on the podium or everything's going well, or we're like in the best part of our career, we don't need God necessarily. But when you're at a place where you're like, oh my gosh, I'm at a low, I don't know what to do. I'm making a big decision, maybe even in a hardship or depression. That's when God speaks the loudest. That's when he's like, I'm here for you. Is it right? (laughs) Yeah, And I think that's like a testament to, to um, keep your faith when times are like really good. You know, you don't want to ever forget the things that he's done for you in the lowest of places. And, um, you know, just starting your day being thankful and thanking him every day for, you know, just a new day and, you know, your breath, the breath in your lungs and um, just like the little, little, little miracles that he does every day for you, trying not to be, forgetful of those things, you know, you always want to give him thanks in every season. And, and, um, I think when you're in the the toughest seasons that carries over into the the greatest seasons too. Yeah. Amen. I received that. That's good. That's a good word right, right there. Um, well, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. I, I know that you said earlier that you struggled with, um, the decision, to keep um, your baby. And, and I know that that's a very real thing. And this day and age, you know, political um, sides of that conversation are very um, polarized and they're very opinionated. And that's not necessarily like where our podcast comes in and makes a decision or is on one side or the other. It's probably not what we're here for, but for your personal story, I just wanted to tell you that, you know, you're an inspire inspiration for me. And, um, you know, I think that God really worked in your heart um, to help you make that decision. I think Bodhi was meant to be here. I think every baby is meant to be on this earth. I think God created every baby, you know, and, and, and unfortunately we live in a really broken world, so they don't always get to um, experience it and live here with us. And I'm just, um, I'm really proud of you and I'm really glad that you chose life. And I know that Bodhi will grow up and he'll be really, really thankful that you chose life too. No matter how hard a kid's life is, they never wish that they never got to have it, right? I never wish that. No, I I think so much about, I think when you're pregnant, I think I saw like a bunch of posts that I can relate to now um, about just when you were exercising or when I was exercising when I was pregnant and people would say the craziest stuff, right? I mean, people come on the internet and they're like, you shouldn't be doing box jumps if you're eight months pregnant, things like that. And, but this is the hard, this is the thing I have. That's a hard thing about it is why do people come out and they're so vocal about what I'm doing with my body, with my baby in my belly that I love, that I'm going to have, mm-hmm. but they, they think it's fine to get rid of it. Right. I don't understand. I'm like, so you're fine voting a way that like ends a baby's life, but yeah. you're not okay with me doing exercising while I have this thing in my belly that, that's going to come out and I'm going to like take walk to first grade, but you, <laughs> you're on the other side being like, oh, that's fine. Like she gets to choose, but then you won't let me choose to pick up a weight. I, I, sorry, I don't understand. It makes no sense. 
<laughs> so like with you and like, I don't know, internet people and you're like, did you, did that like affect your choices or anything? You know, like what, what were you looking for, for guidance when you were making that big decision in your life, knowing that you were going to do it on your own? Yeah. I, so I spoke a lot to my mom too, because, um, she's a woman of faith as well. And she was like, I know this is like a super hard decision, but it's, you know, between you and God and you should really take the time yeah. and just think about what it is that, um, you want. She's like, but just know that, um, it'll all be okay. And that, you know, God has a plan and that I'll be here for you. So like just having that support system wow. really, really helped, but, um, no judgment from your mom. She wasn't like trying to scare you into anything. She was, it sounds like she was more supportive of either, yeah. either whatever you did. And it was crazy. Wow. Cause I was, um, more scared about telling her because she's very religious, um, than telling my dad and my dad actually had a more negative effect towards me telling him than my mom. Wow. Did. Wow. What was that like for you? Um, so uh, my dad is kind of like a hothead. He's Irish. So, I mean, um, but I, so I know it was more so just out of concern and out of love. Like him, he was scared for me, you know, he, mm. he was showing his feelings to me and in, in a way that was kind of aggressive, like, um, and almost shameful, but not, I don't think he meant it in that way. You know, mm -hmm. um, he was just like, how, how did this happen? And I'm like, well, <laughs> Yeah, you know, people had sex. So yeah, yeah, met this guy. Yeah. Really, really regretting it now, but met this yeah. guy. Well, you know, it happened. So, and here we are. And mm -hmm. you know, this is my decision, and I'm gonna go through with it. And I know everything was gonna be okay. And I kept having to really, like, really tell him that it was gonna be okay. Mm -hmm. Um, and my mom was just like, okay, well, you know what? Like, I'm here for you, no matter what. So. And that was really comforting and, and really awesome. But I definitely, you know, the decision was hard and it was more so because of um, the unknown, you know, but that's when they say like, you should lean into God the most because he's going to do everything that you can't even think or imagine. Right. <laughs> right. That's, yep. That's what they say. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I was just like, you know what? Like I, I don't have the answers and I'm not, uh, I know, I knew that if I did the latter, that I would be living in such shame for the, for the rest of my life. Like there's no way I, I would have been able to get rid of that. Yeah. It, it, it definitely, it frees up your life because you're not having to live in a way that is complete sacrificial mode because you know, being a mom is total sacrifice, yeah. but it, 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 it makes you feel um, the weight of that decision. And I know that that's very real. And I know a lot of women actually that have chose that and feel that way to that, the weight of that decision. And it's almost like they, they regret not getting to know what, you know, what the baby was like or what they would have been like as a mom and those things. And then when they finally do become a mom, you know, they get to, you know, they maybe even have regrets again because they think, oh, well, you could have had an older sibling. And, you know, now we're really getting into this, which I, you know, I'm, I'm glad that you're willing to talk about, but we have a close, close relative um, Peter and I do that, um, you know, had a couple of kids, but before that she had two abortions. And for her, it's like, she now is a Christian and now is a strong believer. And now she sees the weight of what she did. But before it was really just like, okay, like everything's fine. But now she feels back to it. And she always feels like uh, she needs to be in a place of encouragement 
to yeah. other women that she needs to be in a place where she can share her story that she, she, she kind of has, um, you know, a regret in that, but she's like, this is who I am. This is what God used to bring me to him and to, to show me like what's important in life and where my priorities are and all this beautiful story, you know, yeah. but at the same time, you're like, oh my gosh, what if you would have not had, you know, these two kids that are now at my age that I love, you know, and I'm just like, yeah. oh my gosh, like, this is a whole life, you know, and when we can get on the other side of it and have um, perspective, no matter what side you're on, um, it's so healthy to just be able to confront those feelings and confront a little bit of those fears and a little bit of that big decision-making process. And it seems like you've done that. Yeah. And to touch base on that too. Um, I think like, um, a lot of it was my faith, but a lot of it had to do with me, um, handling my responsibilities you know like mm-hmm. this is something that I did so I you Ooh, know yeah so what, uh-huh. if, what if I just yeah get rid of it and then but like how does that make me as a person like with other responsibilities like I can just get rid of them and it's mm-hmm. not a big deal or you know like um so just handling that responsibility owning taking ownership of it was mm-hmm. uh huge too for me because I just I was, I didn't want to live with the fact that I like quit on something that was mm-hmm. my responsibility, you know? Mm-hmm. So that yeah. was another huge, um, aspect of my thinking as well. I was like, no, like I can't, who am I, you know, I, I am this supposed to be this person of influence, you know, how am I supposed to help lead others in the right direction if I'm doing the wrong the wrong things, you know? Wow. Yeah. It sounds like you had a big moment of conscience too, even, and it's not just like, Oh, I'm going to feel so guilty if I did this and God's going to be mad at me. It's like, I think I know what's right here. And Mm -hmm. I think I'm being like, you know, encouraged in a certain way to do something. And, and you're listening to that. And that's a huge part of our faith is, is actually being sensitive to the Holy spirit and allowing him to guide us. Because if we're just going, yeah, God's real, but we go, we shot block him every time he tries to like guide us. We're like, okay, that's not really trusting, you know, in God, but it seems like you're able to, which is, is really amazing. Yeah. It's, 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 you know, it's a, it's a touchy subject, but I'm like proud of you for even being able to talk about it, you know, and, um, you know, I was going to ask you a question. Would it have made your your decision easier if you had, let's say, known the outcome was going to be that Bodhi was going to have a dad around and that you would have had help? Or did it make it pretty hard knowing that you really didn't want to stick it out with this, um, this, the, the father? Yeah, I, that's, that's kind of a, a tough, tough question. I don't know. I, I think I just wanted to do what was best for Bodhi regardless, you know? And I just, mm-hmm. um, knew that there was going to be some tough decisions that needed to be made. Um, mm-hmm. and I think it's like, you know, as soon as you become pregnant, like you have that innate responsibility to protect. So, Oh my God, it's so strong. Yeah. It's, it's so wild. Especially when they start kicking in the, and you're mm-hmm. like, Oh my gosh, you're moving. Yeah. You want to be out of here. You want to live the life with me. Oh my gosh, I miss you. Like it's all that stuff. Yeah. So I just, you know, I was like, regardless of whether this person is going to um, be in his life or not, like I'm going to still provide him the best life that I I know that I can. Um, and I know that I knew that I had a strong support system with my family, and I knew that he would always have good influences in his life in that respect. So, um, regardless of the relationship between his father and I, I just knew that 
he would always have the right guidance. Wow. That's so cool. That's yeah. awesome. Well, is there anything else you want to add? I've asked all my questions. Um, you know, I'd love to, if, is there anything else, another story, another advice, maybe a catchphrase? Is there anything else? Hmm, let's see. <laughs> I don't know. I think, um, I think like what you said, just allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to you, following your gut, because you're, it's, it's such a strong feeling when you can differentiate like wrong from right. And it's usually like a really sick feeling. Like you feel sick. I feel like that, that has always been my, my experience with it. You know, if, if I have a strong feeling against something and the spirit is like telling me no about something or like uh, leading me towards a decision, like whatever really heavy decision that I'm making, it's usually like, if I think about it, think about the one, the one aspect of it. So like when I was thinking about, um, the abortion, Oh, sorry. It's okay. Say, say that again. When you were thinking about the abortion, sorry, that sentence over thinking about the abortion. I just, I felt like a really strong, like sick feeling about it. Like I just was like, it, it was almost like it turned me off, you know, the whole, mm -hmm. the whole thought of it. Mm -hmm. And then, um, when I was thinking about keeping Bodhi, I, it was scary, but it was almost comforting in a way because I thought about all the things that, you know, like, okay, well, like, I, I don't know the future. I don't know what's going to happen. You know, only God knows that. And I just have to like really lean into that, like that feeling of knowing that he knows what he's doing. Well, and so just kind of like putting that into perspective because, you know, you can't carry that weight yourself. It's just too much to carry. And, um, God wants to help you do that. So I just kind of put that into perspective, but like, yeah, if you're ever feeling like you have a really tough decision to make and, um, you just kind of, you got to sit with it for a while and you got to weigh out your options. Like it's not a one day thing. Like I literally thought about it every single day for like maybe like three to four weeks. Wow. Know? And I was yeah. like, this is, this is okay. Huge. Yeah. So if you're wrestling with a really difficult decision to make, like I was with, you know, keeping the pregnancy, um, I just want you to take the time that you need to make the right decision for you. And it's not just a one day decision it takes a lot of time. So for me, it took me like three to four weeks sitting with it, wrestling with it every single day, talking to God, weighing out my options, listening to my gut intuition. And every single time that I would think about having the abortion, I would have a sick feeling. And it was just so overwhelmingly strong that I knew, you know, that that was the decision that I was going to be going against, that I was going to keep my, my pregnancy, that I was going to keep the child. And, um, it was, you know, weeks and weeks of sitting with, with that feeling and weighing out the option and just coming to terms with it. And just kn knowing that, okay, this is the feeling that I get every single time I I'm thinking about doing this. So that has to mean something. And, it's obviously not good because I feel sick over it, you know? So mm -hmm. you're wrestling with that, with a really huge decision, stick, you know, stick with it. Give yourself some time to think it through and um, talk to God about it and he'll lead you in the right direction. Amen. Thank you for that word, Nikki.
All right, guys, Nikki, um, thank you, Nikki, so much for coming on the show. You guys can find her at, at the.empowered.mama workout program. You guys can find her on Instagram. And then what's your handle, Nikki? My handle is at Nikki, N-I-K-K-I, Rika, R-I-C-A. Awesome. And what's your website? Um, it's NikkiRika.com. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I love catching up with you. Thank you. Yes, you too. We are a women's program that helps build a daily routine around Bible study, prayer, and fun fitness workouts. Get a month free with code EmbracePodcast.